You know we love staying connected. From current events to drama and celebrity gossip, we stay in the know. But it can be hard to keep up when your Wi-Fi cuts out around the house. You know, spotty in one room, but strong in the other. Thankfully, the next generation Xfinity 10G network can help by keeping you connected to everything you love with reliable wall-to-wall Wi-Fi. That means you can stay up to date on all the latest buzz in real time from room to room. Start listening to your favorite podcasts in the kitchen and listen all over the house as you put your laundry away. Better yet, the whole family can work, stream, and play on multiple devices, all with a fast and reliable connection. With the next generation Xfinity 10G network, your entire house can keep up with all the action with less buffering. Get it all from the network made for streaming. The Xfinity 10G network. If debit is your go-to card, Discover thinks it's time you get rewarded too. So check out Discover Cashback Debit, a game-changing checking account with cashback on everyday debit card purchases. That's right. Cashback isn't just for credit cards anymore. Whether it's a movie date, flea market find, or midday latte, you can start earning cash back. And there are no fees, period. Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank. Member FDIC. What up, everyone? Welcome back to the Bella's Podcast. Yes, welcome back. I gotta say, Nicole, I'm loving getting deep into the Napa Valley wine life. Oh my gosh, yes. I mean, I think we finally found our forever home. All right, here we go. Happy Wednesday, Bella Army. I'm Nicole. And I'm Bree, and this is the Bella's Podcast. Uh, whoa, Bree. So I am like super fired up after watching the new Britney Spears documentary. And I am too. So let's pop that bottle. All right, everyone. So today we are opening up with a beautiful Chardonnay, very crispy and yummy, from Elkhorn Peak Cellars. Later on, we are actually going to be bringing a very special guest. Yeah, the winemaker of Elkhorn. Winemaker, soon to be new boss lady, president, and the daughter of Elkhorn Peak Cellars, at least. But before that... You know, Brie, I really have been wanting to talk about this. It's a documentary that I know I'm not the only person who has seen lately, and I know I had you watch it today, but the Framing Britney Spears by the New York Times, and oh my gosh, I don't even know where to begin. First of all, where I do want to begin, actually is there was one time I made a comment and I believe it was on Total Bellas two seasons ago and I wanted to get it edited out because I made a Britney Spears comment of me. I think I made it in a reference of acting crazy or something. What'd you say? I I can't remember it exactly, but I remember when I saw it before it aired, I was like, that wasn't right, Nicole. But what was it kind of like? It was something like, oh, I am like feel so crazy. I feel like I'm Britney Spears, something like that. That wasn't it, but it was something like it. And I remember I wanted to get it edited out and everyone was like, no, it's not bad, whatever. People felt like it was fine, but I didn't feel good about it. It aired and there were people who were upset about it. Yeah, definitely offended. So for that, I want to say I'm extremely sorry because I was sorry about it from that point. You remember yeah, I, brought, I, I talked to you about it. I remember it. you were. But you then felt now, really upset by really it. Really upset by it. But now even more so because I'm so sad for Brittany in so many ways First, I really want to talk about, I feel as if, and I don't want to say America, but the paparazzi, the media, you know, maybe just them that like took Britney Spears away from us in a way. And you know what really grossed me out and made me so sad? And I loved that it was pointed out. And we have come a long way as women. We still need to come a long way. But why is it that little girls, she's underage and she's being asked, like, where's your boyfriend? Do you have a boyfriend? Can I be your boyfriend? Why does everyone talk about your boobs? Are you a virgin? Everything about her was so degrading. The question she asked, how about, hey, how does it feel being a girl at your age in a boy band era dominate and sell 11 million records? And like, 
in all those interviews, never uplifting. And then, can, I'm sorry, can we talk about Diane Sawyer Oh, for she's a about to get a shin bone to the dome when mommy so, ain't home. Diane Sawyer, you know, I never saw that when it aired so many years ago when she interviewed Britney, but was asking Britney a lot of personal things and brought up the breakup with Justin Timberlake, but goes, what did you do wrong? And then to play, you know, the voicemail of, it was some governor's wife literally saying, Brittany now is a bad role model. And look at this voicemail, this governor's wife. And she literally goes, I want to shoot, shoot her. Shoot right. her. And then after it aired, you know, goes to Brittany goes, well, what do you think of that? And Brittany just is so upset. I but, mean, I was so grossed out. And the fact that a woman said that about, to me at the time, Brittany was a young woman. The fact that a woman said that was disgusting, who actually no, had mom, daughters. Yeah, I was going to say, who had daughters. And this is my thing too with Diane Sawyer. Did you look behind the camera and see who was standing there waiting for Brittany to be done to console her? Was anyone? I want to know that part. Yeah. Who was there after Brittany had that breakdown? Who was behind the camera? But it was her words that broke her down. No, I know. But I mean, like, did Diane Sawyer see Brittany just walk by herself back to the green room? You know, I'm about to get call up Kanye, and we need to bring back that song, Heartless. Yeah. Send them to everyone's doorstep. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, everything about the documentary irked me on so many ways because they took a strong young woman and they made her weak. With, with passion and with dreams. They wanted to sexualize her, but then they wanted to shame her for it. That's what bugged me. And then when she was proud about being who she was and her she skin, then she was like crucified for it. There was so many inappropriate moments mm. of people wanting her to do things, but then just execute her for it. And it was really hard on me to watch because, and I feel like I'm one of millions where you just wish you could be there to protect her. You want to hug her. You want to protect her. And through it all, and I'm sorry, whoever that paparazzi guy was, oh, I you're wanted, so gross. Literally, dude, can we meet in a ring and can I beat your ass? Because I could not stand your interviews. The fact that he felt like he was innocent, as if Britney he wanted play, he that. He was playing a victim. A victim. He literally actually probably bugged me the most. Oh, yeah. But this is the thing. And I loved actually watching it with Artem because he and I kept looking at each other like, and I know it was his second time watching it with me, but we're like, oh, how is this allowed? How is this allowed? Even like cops or security, nobody step in when it was so out of control in her face. I'm still mind blown. And I need to have someone explain to me that how the paparazzi treated her, even in the Beverly Hills Hotel and all these places, how is that allowed? How is someone who is saying I'm scared and all these people are in her face and she's telling you she's scared. How are we all watching this? And how? Like, how are we allowing this? And how are magazines paying a million dollars a photo for this? Like, you're destroying this woman. You are trespassing her space. Well, and you know what kills me is if she were to slap them away, right? Protecting herself. They would sue for millions. They would sue her. She'd have to, like, settle with them. And it's all disgusting. So this stalker paparazzi guy, was I the only one that was made to believe that she took an umbrella to Kevin's car this whole time when it was really that stalker guy who never left her alone? So when I watched the documentary, I thought the same thing. I'm like, oh, it was the stalker guy's truck. Yeah. Nice ass truck, by the way, that he bought taking pictures of Britney and being in her business. The whole time I thought it was Kevin Federline too. And isn't that crazy how things get twisted and now when you watch that? And that was her one moment. And I think the thing that made me the saddest, and I feel like I'm even going to get emotional talking about it, is that her mom writes in a book that what they end up realizing, and I think that a lot of us women can relate, is that she was going through postpartum depression. Oh, it gives me goosebumps right now. And here it's in a time that, no woman or mom could ever speak a PPD. Like, how dare them, right? And here, Brittany had a baby and then got pregnant again and then had a baby. Then three days later was going through a divorce. And anyone listening who has had babies, who's gone through postpartum depression, you already know how divorce. difficult that is. Put a divorce on top of that. And if you've been through it, you can understand the pain, what this woman's going through and trying to be strong for the public eye. But we all saw how can you be strong going through that and no. going through like Brittany and then you have never got just... help for postpartum depression. And to me, yeah. that is so sad because I think of what I went through and what other stories I've heard of people that have gone through, but the help that we've gotten. Yeah. And then she had to do that in front of the world, but not be diagnosed or be told or have someone yep. grab her and be like, this is what you're going through. Actually, you know who I hated the most? The Sam, what's his name? Sam. 
The manager oh, guy. Oh, I mean. man. That guy. I actually, please meet me in the ring. Actually, the paparazzi All right, and Brian, that guy. I don't I want to have to have your back. And We're going to tag geez. team them. He actually really bugged me because he could have helped. Yeah. And he didn't. Yeah. And he cared more about himself. And that's the thing is what I felt with her. And maybe it's with a lot of celebrities at that level. I'm not sure. A lot of leeches. You have leeches because you have so much money. Who do you trust? And sometimes these people are lonely because they don't know who to trust. They have a small group of people. I don't know if that's the case with Brittany. We obviously all don't know the real full story, right? All speculation. But it is sad. People prey on these people. And like they said, they get them when they're they're most vulnerable. And it's it's disgusting. It's sad. And someone that disappointed me and I I'm gonna give him a little slack because of his age, but was Justin Timberlake. Just to even have the personality at a young age to be proud of taking someone's virginity away or just how he said the first time how he screwed her and then to allow like a magazine cover to say like to be proud that he's the one that got into Britney's pants. That was just really but do you think disappointing. the media put him in a situation? But that's why I said I'm going to cut him some slack because one of his age and two, he was probably put in a spot. And look, I've been there when interviewers ask you questions and you get put under pressure and then you say something and you didn't mean for it to come out that way. Like that happened a lot with my past breakup and there were things like, no, I didn't mean to say that or they took it the wrong way or, you know, shame on the interviewer who said, Hey, did you F Britney Spears? I mean, shame on that. Right. And then Justin should have just said, Hey man, you know what? That's not appropriate. Or you know what? I'm not going there. Yeah. But you could tell he was uncomfortable and then wanted to be a cool guy. Totally. And, and I'm sure he regretted not, that forever. Yeah, and at I'm least sure he it, put out an apology. He didn't yeah. have to put out a big apology, which he did. So, I mean, I found that pretty cool. And he was so young too. Right. You know, well, you know, it's actually really crazy. I think it's going to blow people's minds is, um, when Britney Spears shaved her head, I was a cocktail waitress at the sky bar. And if you're familiar with the Sky Bar, it's off Sunset Boulevard. It's part of the Mondrian Hotel. And I'll never forget, Brittany came in. It was either the next morning after she shaved her head. It was a couple days later. I'm not. Um, I, I This was so long ago. And I was like, oh, there's Brittany. And I just remember it was all over the media about like her shaving her head. And she was wearing a wig. And she came in with a couple people, but she was so sweet. I just remember. And I was I was the first way. Just remember we'd open it. 10 but I got there at 9 to yeah. set up and she was there at 9 wanting to go swimming and like them hang out and stuff and you know when you're a waitress I swear to secrecy I don't talk about anyone's private stuff or any of that I won't say anything that goes on but one thing that really bugged me and she was so sweet and so fun there was these two girls there and they were vacationing from out of town they would not leave her alone and it was bugging me because I was the waitress to Brittany and then also to these girls and I will never forget a week later, I was flipping through a magazine and these girls sold their pictures with Brittany and like a story. And I was a waitress and I should go back because I'm sure I can find it. It was in one of those dirty mags, you know, and they lied. I remember I was like, no, I was the damn waitress. Like they lied about stuff. And it really, I will never forget. I mean, I had to be, I was 22, you guys. Wow. So I think I'm 37. That's how long ago this was. It irked me so bad about how they just lied. And yeah. I remember our general manager at Skybar was like, this is why we're very strict who we let in. Yeah. Because it's not fair to the celebrities that are in here. Like, I agree. But I just was like, wow, I wonder how much those girls got paid. Now that I watched the documentary, I'm like, those girls actually probably made a lot of money. They probably made a lot of money, which is really sad. And, you know, we've gotten a call before on Dear Bellas asking if we are a part of the free Britney movement. If we support it. If we support it, and I do support the free Britney movement and learning more about it in this documentary, I I just am finding it hard to understand how she still doesn't have full control of her money and what she can do for work and just the ownership of her life. You know, she's a fit mother and right. she's an amazing person. And so I don't understand that it's been all this time that she now can't have ownership of her life. And I think it's time to free Britney. I think when we've seen those glimpses of the documentary, you know, she, she cries out in the ways of who she is as a person, what she finds liberating and she loves having freedom and she deserves it. It's her life. She only gets this life once and it shouldn't be, you know, under her father feel like she's in prison. And also her having her freedom 
is all of us who are fans giving her her privacy and her freedom. Right. That's that's the true freedom for Britney Spears, right? Is that we all leave her alone. She could go eat lunch and not have 20, 50 paparazzis taking photos of her, people constantly asking for an autograph. Let her enjoy a normal lunch like a normal human being. Let her go sit at the beach and look at the ocean, not seeing one person in front of her with the camera. Well, so I have a question for you, Nicole. Because watching the documentary, the two girls who have a podcast about Britney Spears' Instagram... They started that podcast because they feel that Britney has kind of secret messages through her pictures. Do you feel that? Like when they show them and it's like kind of like the, the hole in the rock, right? And she's like window to freedom, go through the window and then you have your freedom. And certain things, I, I was a little torn. I'm like, is it secret code of her crying for help or is it her just being in the situation she's been in the life she's lived just giving some inspiration to people because she's been through it she knows what it feels like to be free she knows what it feels like to be locked up in a sense and in her own life she knows all the different feelings do you really think she's crying for help or do you think she's just giving people a little inspiration of stuff she's been through and she doesn't want them to live the same path she has Right. So I never thought looking at Britney Spears Instagram that she was like doing cries for help. And then I saw the documentary and I get where they're coming from. Like I get if now we know what she's fighting in court and stuff that her lawyer writes in certain documents that are made public. And then you see her Instagram. I see where they make the connection. So it's hard for me to say. I think Britney is a very inspiring inspiring woman and that's what i loved about felicia i know oh my gosh can we all just have felicia as our nanny slash assistant you know like wow she tells she really really cares about britney really cares i know and i think you know felicia said it right she did the documentary because she wants us all to remember who britney was and is as a woman what she created we know as women in our industry of breaking barriers and we have to also give Brittany that of the barriers she broke in an era that was all about boy groups. Right. And we don't want to take that away from her. So I, I, I don't know what to believe. I, I'll, I'll admit, I don't know what to believe about the Instagram. I, I don't know. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I'm happy that documentary came out. I think it was really powerful and I feel like it opens up so many people's eyes to how the media can control people's careers, situations, lives. And it also was nice to shine light on, on how women, and I hate saying this, it's, but how women are treated differently than men and oh, how girl, we're we still, still got a way to go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like, we have we're not still that yet. fighting that we are because questions are different in interviews yeah. and even looked at like the whole Brittany and Justin situation. It was like, poor Justin, Brittany, what'd you do? And it's like, Oh, you guys don't even know. Like, but, well, the, what if know, it was poor still... Brit and like, Justin, what did you do? But it's never that, but that still happens. That's Almost what I mean. Every breakup. It's always the woman gets shamed. And then the guy, kind of smiles in a paparazzi shot and they're like good for him he's smiling oh look at her she's smiling what a whore it's been two years i mean come on yeah it still happens you know and this is i hope the the big learning lesson of it all for the media and paparazzi look i love the entertainment world i love hollywood I'm not going to lie. It is fun at times to get a glimpse into celebrities' lives. You know, people who I don't know on the daily and, right. you know, we're not friends. But this is my thing. What we all need to know. No means no. Whether you have a camera, whether you're buying a photo for your magazine, whether you're doing an interview, no means no. Mm-hmm. Scared means scared. And respect my privacy means exactly that. So let's just follow those rules because there are a lot of celebrities that don't say no. They walk down the streets and they want their photo taken. If they say no, that's put your camera down. Right. And also for future interviewers. And I think times are, you know, different now. And it, it, this is more towards the males because for some reason they always ask, like, if you have a woman sitting in your chair, why not empower her, lift her up? Don't degrade her, especially if she's under the age of 18. Like, come on. Well, and I think what it is, is if you don't know how to empower a woman, speak to a woman like you would a man. Like, what questions would you ask a man? Just look at her then like a man. Right. You know, then you sometimes look at the man, right? Like, if you don't know how to ask a woman a question like that, then what do you really think about women? Right. 
I 100% and I think that's why in like the last probably decade reality stars really people started to love because you started to have strong personalities like even for our our guest last week Snooki not care I'll never forget Snooki was on Ellen and Ellen kind of was like well how does it feel to be like found in a garbage can or she said something about her being drunk and Snooki looked at her and then just said a couple comments like you're not going to get me and I remember, I'll never forget that. And I was like, wow, good for you. Like, she stuck up for herself. Yeah. She was like, you're not going to make me feel that way. No. No. And I was like, and you see Cardi B. I feel like you put her in an interview chair. The interviewer is probably so scared because you at all try to weaken her. She will make you feel awful. She'll destroy you. She'll destroy you. She'll make you feel pequeño, which yeah. means really small. I love it. Yeah. And I think, you know, you're <laughs> starting to see that rise with women because women are tired of it. That it's like, don't make me feel small in my chair. You'll see what small is. Yeah. You'll see A chair it. that's just rented space. Exactly. I ain't here to own it. <laughs> but you guys, we're excited because on the podcast today, we have another woman who is strong and who is fighting the good fight here in Napa Valley. And I know a lot of you are thinking like, why does it matter all these things? You know, we all like wine tasting, right? How many of you come to Napa Valley to be tourists, to enjoy wine tasting, to enjoy the beautiful lands, try all the different wines, and to meet new wine. But what we found out since Nicole and I have moved here is how much family farms have gotten affected, not only by the pandemic, which they have, but just by big farms coming in. And this girl has been fighting the last three years to give family farms a fair chance and to save them. And to save them because they are, they're going extinct, which is so sad. They're getting bought out. These farmers are moving, well, they're they leaving, and they were the first ones here. But I have to tell you, when Nicole and I found out about this whole situation, about this nonprofit, we're like, the Bella's got to fight. This is a fight that we need to be a part of. And we want all of our listeners to listen to this woman's story, to feel it, and to help. Right. Well, and when we talk about one super passionate movement, like the Free Britney movement, to the next, this is a movement that Brie and I have become passionate about. Mm -hmm. And it's Save the Family Farms. And you have to make sure to go check them out on Instagram and their website, which is Save the Family Farms. But I think we, we've all talked on here enough about dreams and passions and journaling and vision boards. And here are dreams that pretty much a county is saying cannot come true, no matter how hard you work, no matter how amazing your product is. If you can't give us the certain amount that we want and you can't give us $10 million to all the way up to $60 million, I don't care how long your family has been here with this land it's not happening. So please welcome Elise and please listen to this incredible movement called Save the Family Farms. Texas Pete is a sauce that allows you to sauce like you mean it. It's generosity in its simplest form, and it's a swagger people have who know what's good. That's right. Each Texas Pete sauce is packed with bold, balanced flavor. The signature tanginess is what makes it a legendary hot sauce that can be used on just about anything. It has been at the center of dinner tables since 1929 and is still heating things up today. Oh yeah, and you know, you're definitely going to want to try every flavor. The original hot sauce has a famous secret blend of fermented peppers. The hotter hot sauce is three times hotter than the original and not for the faint of heart. Sabor by Texas Pete adds authentic Mexican flavor. Yum. And their dust dry seasoning matches the flavor of the original hot sauce in a flavorful dry rub. Mm, it's just making my mouth water thinking about it. I mean, I'm always reaching for the Texas Pete. I think we put it on our breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And we really do. And we actually even sneak hot sauce in our purses. So if restaurants don't have hot sauce, we put it on. Texas Pete goes with me everywhere I go. Texas Pete, sauce like you mean it. Visit texaspeat.com and use the store locator to find Texas Pete products as well as purchase sauces and get recipe inspiration. And use the promo code PODCAST24 for 20% off at texaspeat.com. 
Thrive Market is a go-to for all of your grocery and household essentials and the convenience of getting everything online, then quickly ship to your doorstep is a huge time saver. Thrive Market carries brands with the highest quality ingredients and sourcing methods. They restrict hundreds of ingredients across their food and cleaning categories, and you could use their on-site filters to suit your lifestyle needs. Whether you're looking for organic kid snacks, low-sugar alternatives, or gluten-free pantry essentials, you can curate your own shopping experience with a few clicks. When you join Thrive Market, you are also helping a family in need with their one-for-one membership matching program. You join, they give. Nikki, where do we get all our primal condiments? Thrive Market. You know it. I have actually loved so much that I have been able to transform my refrigerator, even my pantry, to healthy, low-sugar condiments. Mm-hmm. Everything in the gluten-free, Whole30 diet recommendations. Thrive Market for me is that one-stop shop where I can pick and choose all the things that are healthy for not only my kids, but for myself too. And boom, they're at my front door within days. They definitely make it super easy to stay healthy, organic, all the things that we really want in our household. One thing that Thrive Market has helped me with is I've wanted that when it comes to household cleaning items or just stuff that you actually put in your house besides consuming. And they've really helped it. I had one, one of my goals this year was less plastic in my house. Thrive Market helps with that, with refillables, with what I exactly need to clean. And look, when you have kids running around, having a company really care about the ingredients inside it, that's super important. What we're spraying on our counters, putting in our toilets, on our sheets, all of that matters. So grateful for a place like Thrive Market that really looks into ingredients and we know what we're buying. 100%. Join in on the savings with Thrive Market today and get 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. Go to thrivemarket.com slash twins for 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. That's T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash twins. Thrivemarket.com slash twins. So many of us love coffee. Mm-hmm. Like the living for it type of love. Some like it hot. Some like it iced with a splash of creamer. And some like it with a cold foam topping. Many of us stop into coffee shops on our way to work more often than we'd like to admit. Oh, yes. But now, thanks to International Delight Cold Foam Creamer, you can make cold foam coffee at home. It's honestly game-changing. You can just shake the canister and spray it onto your coffee. And voila, you've got an incredible cold foam coffee at home. No frothing, fancy machines, or mess required. Ooh, an International Delight Cold Foam Creamer foams and creams your coffee from top to bottom. And the best part, mm-hmm. it works on both hot and iced coffees. Oh my gosh, I'm drooling. Okay, so it comes in three foaming delicious flavors. French vanilla, sweet and creamy, and caramel macchiato. So you can switch things up depending on your mood. Look for your favorite flavor next time you're at the grocery store. And be prepared to say goodbye to your barista. Okay, Bree, so what reminds you of college days? French vanilla. I mean, Bree and I lived on International Delight French Vanilla. And you know what's the cutest thing? Is every time our dad comes to visit... He calls me because I always be like, what do you want me to get the grocery store? And he's like, oh, make sure to get, it's always International Delight French Vanilla Creamer because I can't have it without my coffee. So guess what I'm getting my dad when he comes to visit because I know I'm going to love it. International Delight Cold Foam Creamer. French Vanilla, of course. You guys, this is a game changer. Okay. How many of us spend too much money at coffee shops? Me. Me. Yes. And we deserve as human beings, to have that yummy, delicious coffee Why we all go to the coffee shops. And I'll be honest, I've kind of always wanted to be a barista, and now I can in my kitchen at my home. I'm really excited to have this, and I can't wait to hear what Dad thinks. International Delight Cold Foam Creamer. It's foaming delicious.
All right, everyone. So we're so excited because here we have a special guest. She's the co-owner of Elkhorn Peak Cellars. Nicole and I love her because she is like us. She's a fighter. She's determined. And she is going to make things happen here in Napa Valley. So please welcome to the show, Elise, or what I noticed your dad calls you, Lee. Oh my gosh, I'm honored. Thank you so much for having me. So Lise, we want you to tell our listeners kind of your mission, what you've been doing the last three years and just your fight, what you're fighting for. Okay, I'd love to. And I just want to thank you both for having me on today because it's not an everyday opportunity that, uh, you know, a small business owner gets a platform to speak on like this. So thank you very much for bringing some attention to our cause. But Save the Family Farms is a nonprofit created by a group of small farmers in Napa County. And our mission is to keep small family farms viable for future generations. And you may be asking yourself, you know, are Napa's small family farms in trouble? And the answer is yes. You know, uh, at one point in time, we relied on distributors to sell our wine, but the distribution market has been turned upside down in the last decade or so. And now the barriers to entry to sell your wine through a distribution channel are very high and not something that a lot of small wineries can clear. And then on top of that, the last you know years, we've all been experiencing this pandemic. I mean, the small vineyard owners where we used to sell our wine to restaurants, I mean, restaurants are closed. Wine events are, across the country are no longer happening. And so it just seems that the small grower is just disproportionately affected by all of you know these changing things happening in our world today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it, it kills me because when you do see all of that happening to small business owners, it just doesn't seem fair. No. And Elise, I want you to go into that because I think what some people, what I learned visiting Elise and hearing more about this, what Save the Family Farms truly means is here in Napa Valley, you have to have a certain amount of money to get a license to actually have a winery. So for us to even go on the property and taste. And the thing is, is you can have vineyards out here, and if you're making wine, doesn't mean that Napa is going to actually allow you to have people on there and taste, which is mind blowing to me. So, Elise, can you tell them what is the expectation of how much they want to charge for a license, the expectation of how much they want you to produce? Right. So, Napa County has current regulations that stipulate if you're a wine grape farmer and you grow grapes and make wine for a living, and you want to host customers at your vineyard, you need to build a winery first. Weird requirement, but okay, right? So (laughs) we've looked into the process of building a winery and that's where you really hit a wall because it's at that point that you realize as a small wine producer, the barriers to entry are impossible. Building a winery comes with a price tag of five to $10 million. And the current application process is designed for a 20,000 gallon production facility. To put that into some context, Elkhorn Peak Cellars, we're a small mom and pop. We make a thousand cases of wine annually. That comes to about 2,500 gallons of wine. So the county is asking us to build a production facility that is 10 times the size that we need. Um, and that's just not right. And, um, you know, it it's encouraging unnecessary development and conversion of agricultural land. And we've been told, you know, if you can't make it, sell your farm. And small businesses just don't have a chance with this current model. And so we're hoping to change that. Yeah. And, you know, it kills me because Napa used to be the place you would come and it was like you wanted to go to small farms. You wanted to get into those vineyards and experience it and almost feel like for a day you are a a grower, a winemaker. And I think that's why people fell in love with wine tasting and going to wine country. Well, I mean, not only that, let's look at the roots of Napa Valley. What made Napa Valley Napa Valley? And that's the farmers that came here and planted vines and gave us incredible grapes that produced amazing wine. And that's what brought the people here. And without the farmers and the farmers' families and the wisdom that goes through those vines, we wouldn't have Napa and what it is now. And it's one of those situations that, you know, now we get these people that come from all over the world and it's great. They come here, they fall in love and they have billions of dollars or multi-millions and their dream, like a lot of us, like on a vision board is I want to own a vineyard and they're able to put 
10, 30, $60 million down. And you think of these farmers that have been here for generations that can't fathom that money at all, but they're doing what they love and they're, they're doing what's been passed down in generations. And they're at a point now in the world and their lives where they can't even keep up with that. And to me, that's, what's unfortunate because I always feel like you have to remember the roots and Napa Valley is so protective of even building here, which I've always thought is cool. They, they really preserve the land and what it represents, but how are we not preserving our farmers? I agree with that. Actually, they'll tell you what color you can paint your house and your winery, but it's like, <laughs> they'll tell you that you have to have two windows and not one. <laughs> Cause I'm dealing with that right now. Yeah. I can't have one big window. No, it has to be two. Well, and at least like you for the last three years, you go to these board meetings, you will sit there and use your voice And you're not going to stop until you see a difference, which Nicole and I admire so much. Mm -hmm. Do you feel like when you go to these town hall meetings and all these different board meetings, do you feel like these big companies are intimidated? Why do you think they're not allowing this? Yeah, I think, um, Nikki, what you said about these small family farms being the heart and soul of Napa Valley and the basis for you know, how Napa Valley has grown and flourished these last few decades. I mean, it did all start with the farmer back in the sixties and seventies, there weren't millionaires and billionaires in Napa. It was a lot of regular folks growing grapes. And uh, we do have the support of some major trade organizations and some very influential people in Napa Valley. Um, People like Michael Mandavi, people like K.R. Rombauer of the Rombauer Chardonnay dynasty. They're very supportive of what we're doing because they see, you know, themselves in, in us, their granddads Mm -hmm. were out there doing what we're trying to do just a few decades prior. The problem I see is, you know, there are just so many regulations as you guys touched on, and you know, cause you're rebuilding your house, Nikki, that, that are just so protected here. And I think Napa's so scared of of changes and, you know, those changes leading to unintended consequences decades later that they don't feel like they want to be progressive in how they um, just sort of honor the Napa Valley. And that's a big mistake, right? You have to be progressive in your marketing because there are so many competing wine industries. I mean, Sonoma is a beautiful wine tasting region. You have the foothills, you have, you know, Lodi and and Paso Robles and that that's just in California. So if Napa wants to sort of just remain at the top here, then they have to be progressive. They have to let yeah. the small farmers participate because that's what, you know, people like me and you want to experience. Oh my 100%. It's so true. Do you like, know, like the the one the first time I ever went wine tasting, I'll never forget was because of the movie Sideways and I actually went um, in Santa Barbara, yeah, outside Santa Barbara. What's that little town called? Um, the Dutch town, um, Solvain, or yeah. But because I saw how mom and popsy that movie was, I was like, I have to do that. So I did the whole tour, the sideways tour. But it was these small like vineyards, like these farmers were like, yeah, we we got tourism because of that movie. But how little it was, and we had so much fun. But it made me feel like I started to really understand wine. I wasn't in this long line at some big place, kind of just like waiting for the tour to be over to get my glass of wine. I felt like when I went on that sideways tour, <laughs> like I felt like I really got to know wine and the making of it. And like the farmers, they're talking to you and you're like truly understanding winemaking. Right. I mean, but look at the fashion industry's done it. We have... Anywhere from Nordstrom's to Target to Walmart to custom made. And everyone's still thriving in that industry. And Napa Valley, if you're listening, look, I'm a bougie bitch. I like to come here and I'll go to my five stars and I like to go to certain spots. I'll sit at Opus One and have a glass. But at the same time, I'm the girl who wants to put on the cute jean shorts and get into the vineyards, pull rocks, be at mom and pop places. And I want to taste from the earth and these small farmers and like hear their stories and feel like I'm a part of this hundred year old family, 30 year, 50 year, whatever it may be. Like I, I have that both sides to me. I feel like I have a little bit of granola brie and myself that can be a bit bougie and I get to experience both worlds of Napa. And I think that's what's made Napa so amazing. Like, you know me, I'm a French girl and I love my France and France is very consistent all the way through, you know, a lot of the same stories and everything's so beautiful. And I think what's made 
Napa Valley so gorgeous is every little town or um, region is so unique. That's why I think you end up vacationing here so many times because mm-hmm. you can't come here once and get your Napa fix. Like you keep coming back. So Napa Valley, I want to go taste at these small farmers places and I, I we need your help. There's well, a lot of us out here that want to come. And let's talk about the business side of it. How many times do you come out to wine country and you sign up for wine clubs based on the pure experience with the farmer? And it's not fair that these small farms, they're not getting that. And that's where a lot of business comes in. That's a lot of how these people make their money. And it's not fair that they don't get that. Yeah. I couldn't imagine something being passed down to myself from my family and something I was passionate about, but being told like, no, you can't do that because you're not big enough. Like, oh my God. that's heartbreaking. And I see why you're fighting. I mean, when Nikki and I went out there, I will say... It, what your dad has done and what you're now going to take over and do, it's it's literally breathtaking. Nicole and I got in our car and when we left, we were like, wow, I mean, this is so special and it is something to fight for. And it makes me sad to think your dad with his blood, sweat and tears like from the early 80s till now, what he has built and the beautiful wine you guys make, it's just, it, it kills me that that's, especially what he said that he feels like he wants to pass it to you, but that it's not allowed. I mean, that's crazy. It is. That's crazy. But at least let us know what's next. What's next for the Save the Family Farms? How can we get Napa's attention? Yeah. The listeners, what can we do to help make the change? So we're just continuing to meet with uh, county supervisors. I mean, step one is to get on the agenda. We need to get on the Napa County Board of Supervisors agenda, and we need to let them know that we want a micro winery ordinance created to protect the small family farms in Napa and allow them a reasonable path to compliance so they can open their doors. And so once we get on that agenda and that micro winery ordinance is drafted, then it's pretty much just up to the general public to call in and show their support and tell the Napa County supervisors and Napa at large, that this is what the people want. Because I think at the end of the day, the board of supervisors are there to execute the will of the people, right? So Mm -hmm. we just need to make sure they know that this is what the people want. And when we talk about the experiences that we do want to offer and bring, I mean, this is not a big business versus small business, right? Napa's big and beautiful, and there is room for all of us here. Why not create a version of Napa where you can have a white glove service appointment in the morning and then head out to, you know, the Elkhorn Peak Cellars Ranch in your jean shorts and sit at a picnic table with me and uh, come help me do a little bit of vineyard work for for a few minutes and and just learn how to tend to the land, right? To me, that diverse experience sounds beautiful and holistic and uh, a Napa that I want to be a part of. Look, at, I got chills when you said that. So so who do we need a body slam? Like you need the Bellas <laughs> to go with you next time. We're, we got to body slam some people. Hey, I still got my gear right. in the storage room. Yeah. So I'll throw it on. Yeah. We'll do a run in yeah. on these meetings. <laughs> Honestly, I feel like next time the Bellas want to go with you because we need people to start to really listen because what you just said sounds like heaven and why people go to Napa Valley. I agree. And I just think that I, it's a movement that I definitely want to be a part of and commit to. I want to be a part of Save the Family Farms. So I want you to know that you do have our support because it's important and it's important to our world, to our climate, Napa Valley. And honestly, it's important to tourism and to the people that come here that they get the full experience. And you guys, wine pellets don't lie. Okay. (laughs) So competition or not, like, People are still going to buy your wine and taste because if your palate likes it, you're going to get it. That's and just that when it comes to the winemaking world. And wine tasting has changed. And it's like Napa Valley, if you're listening, millennials, the Gen Zines, they love it. I, I feel like more than ever, I'm seeing, ba- you see so many bachelorette parties. You're seeing young people celebrating birthdays in wine country. Like that wasn't 50 years ago. It has really become a young 
person's world, which means it's become the Instagram world and people like to post from everywhere. I feel like millennials want experience. We travel. They like the hands-on. The hands-on. You got to give it to us. (laughs) Well, Elise, thank you so much for coming on our podcast and bringing awareness to Save the Family Farms. Bree and I definitely are going to do our part to help you save the family farms. And also everyone, make sure to check out Elise at Elkhorn Peak Cellars. Um, Where else can we find you? Yeah, we're on Instagram at Elkhorn Peak. My personal account is also on Instagram at elise.nerlove.rudchick. And um, I do encourage everyone to go to the Save the Family Farms website to read a little bit more about our cause. We have a, a great active blog that talks about, you know, our most recent experiences and um, happenings. And that website is savethefamilyfarms.com. Save the Family Farms is also on Instagram and Facebook. And uh, there's there's different ways you can help. We have an online petition on savethefamilyfarms.com that we would love all of your fans to sign if they support the small businesses in Napa. Yeah. Our Bella Army, they yeah. are supportive and they love to love. And they love wine. Yeah, they do. <laughs> Just like us. So save the wine. Come on, peeps. And Brie, I'm so excited to try your idea. You had the idea to add some jalapeno slices into a glass of chilled rosé. I haven't forgot yeah. about that. And I'm I'm actually chilling some rosé in the fridge now. I picked up some jalapenos earlier. So Yay. I'm going to give that a try. Good. Oh you have to. The Will Bella you take rose. a video and photo and then like send it to us? And ta- we'll put it on IG too and tag us yes. so we can repost. Totally. Okay. And then we can't wait to go back and look at the sunsets with that rosé. In a hundred year old oh. barn. I mean, yeah. come you on. guys, you you will freak out the day Napa lets you. You need to go visit. It's incredible. Your guys' barn, your dad's yeah. slot machines, the whole shebang there. It's pretty special. We're really excited to have you guys out for for the next sunset here. Just wait till you come to the ranch during the summertime. It's pretty breathtaking. Mm. Oh, we can't. That wait. sounds amazing. And hopefully by summer we can get the public there too. I agree. So. Other than that, you're just gonna have to. See it on our Instagrams and wish. Make you jealous. (laughs) Awesome. Well, thank you, Elise, so much. Enjoy that rosé and jalapeno. Okay. Thank you guys so much. Have a great weekend. You know what I love about springtime is that you kind of get to refresh your closet. You know, fall, winter, we're all bundled up. And then when spring comes... The sun is truly out. You get to ditch all the layers and just refresh your look. I mean, I feel like I am totally in for like refreshing my wardrobe. Bringing a little color. I need spring shopping. I mean, Brie, Walmart has like some incredible styles out right now and so affordable. Oh, that is right. This spring, there's only one destination for the latest fashion. Home and beauty inspired by real life. Walmart. Be a bold swimwear or graphic beach towels, glowy makeup or sleek activewear, or even elevated furniture and mix and match tableware to inspire your next spring gathering at home. Discover surprisingly stylish new season favorites at Walmart now or shop it on the Walmart app. Go to walmart.com slash now trending. That's walmart.com slash now trending. Now trending. Your style at Walmart. Warning. Things are about to get intense. I mean, Brie and I are talking like that intense moment when the room stops, maybe time stops, when everything might be going around you, but you're looking at that one person dead in the eyes or a maple donut in in our eyes. Usually I'm giving that stare down when I want to ask my husband for his credit card so I can go shopping. Ooh, that is the intense that I like. Intense heat, lasting plump. From the hot new Lifter Plump from Maybelline, New York. Formulated with chili pepper, Lifter Plump delivers a heated sensation for an instant lip plumping effect that lasts. Available in eight sizzling shades. Blush, Blaze, Red Flag, Hot Honey, Coco Zing, and many more. And you know me with that red. Nothing like a red flag on my sizzling lips. Oh, we know it, girl. Can you take that heat? Find your shade at Maybelline.com or a retailer near you. Amazon shoppers get 10% off Lifter Plump purchase with code 10PLUMP for a limited time. Hey, Mom. 
First things first, thank you. It's my one year anniversary of my decision to say, yes, I need help, and yes, I choose me. And that's the miracle. I'm lucky that the strongest person I know is my own mother. Love you, Mom. Maxwell. Be that strong person who makes the difference. If your loved one is struggling with drugs and alcohol, reach out to Karen for a different kind of addiction treatment. Visit caron.org slash lost. Welcome back to our segment, Dear Bellas, where we give Bella-style advice to our listeners. Because who needs Abby when you have two Bellas? <laughs> That's right. And here's today's question. Hi, Bellas. My name is Ariana. I'm from D.C. First, I just wanted to say I love you both so much. You do so much to empower women. But I just wanted to say, Brie, you have changed, changed, changed my life. I was diagnosed with anxiety and depression when I was 13 years old. And I'm 22 now, and I always thought I would end up alone. I didn't think anyone would ever want to be with someone uh, like me. But seeing how fiercely loyal and loving you are to Brian has just shifted my world and made me realize, you know, I'm more than just my mental health. And I guess my question would be, you know, how do I sort of navigate dating for the first time? I know I'm, like, really late in the game, but I truly, truly never thought um anyone would love me but Brie you just shifted my entire world so you know I like to think I'm still young and I still have time to find a person in life so uh my question would be for the both of you like how do I start this how do I let somebody in after you know having my heart close off for so long thank you both so much I love you you are inspiring and you are changing the world for good oh Ariana that really makes me happy and I just want to tell you I know you know this now, but um, you're going to find someone amazing and they are going to love you, not for your mental health and what you think holds you back, because that doesn't matter. When you find the love of your life, they're going to love you for all of you. So I'm just going to tell you that. Just like I love Brian for all of him. And so you're going to find someone great. But let's talk about dating because that's what you're starting to do, girl. And I think it's appropriate because Valentine's Day just happened. And I feel like Valentine's Day is such a big day for the dating world in a way, right? Oh, yeah, because it's Galentine's and Valentine's. You don't have to be in a relationship anymore to enjoy it. Well, and I have to say, when I was dating, Valentine's Day was more special to me than... And my marriage now is cute. Brian took Birdie to tea. Oh, yeah. I made cookies. We get the red and pink outfits. Yeah. You know, kind of slut them up a bit, (laughs) go out, have a good time. (laughs) But Ariana, I want to tell you this, because I wish I told myself this at 22, And um, it would have saved me from a lot of nightmare dates. And just, I wish someone just told me this because I was a big dater. Nicole didn't date as much. No, I didn't. I was like the dating girl. I loved going on dates. Yeah, she did. But I always kind of was afraid to like speak my opinion, I felt Mm -hmm. like. And I kind of would agree with the guy a lot. Be like, oh yeah, uh uh-huh, uh-huh. I don't know. I just wasn't strong in like my thoughts and my opinions and the minute I got into my 30s, I, I was married or I was dating Brian. So that's when I really felt strong in that. But I wish someone would have said, Brie, if you don't agree with him at dinner, it's your first date. This just tells you, like, don't go on a second date. I felt like I was trying so hard to be what the guy wanted instead of right. like, is this guy right for me? And so when you go on those first dates, be honest what you believe in. Be honest with who you are. Because dating, be you. Pretty much just be you. Walk your truth. And guess what? Because you're going to be dating a lot unless you're lucky. And then, you know, your first date's the one. But, you know, just know like dating means like you're finding the person who's perfect for you. So really fill them out and let them know who you really are. Because I didn't do that at 22. Okay. And I'm going to just set up a reminder and people may agree with this or not. You're also 22. So let the dates be fun. It's not The Bachelor. We don't need to wait till the end to get the rose and have the proposal. Enjoy your 20s. Have fun. Take it from someone who's 37. Enjoy them. Don't worry about marriage, you know, getting a ring on it. Like have fun, explore, travel, date people from different cultures. 
if you're into having sex before marriage, do that too, because you know, their experiences mm-hmm. always be safe, wrap it up. Yeah. But, use condoms for yes. sure. You know, everything be safe. And, and I'm not saying be a bad person. And what I'm saying is don't have shame in your game. Don't have expectations on yourself because that's how the world makes you feel or your family be you and what you feel. If you're someone who's like, I really want to be married at 23 and I want to be a mom by 25. That's what you should do. If you don't want that and you just want to have fun and have these experiences, have that too. And you can have that with a husband or a wife as well. So walk your truth. Like Bree said, be you and you're going to have a lot of fun. Yeah. And you know, it's funny because I'll never forget this woman asked me like, I've been watching you since total divas. She goes, I just no offense to you and your husband, but I was shocked when I saw who you married. She's like, I just thought you'd be with someone else. Like uh, Daniel Bryan doesn't see men. I was like, listen, lady, I went through a lot of bad sex and I started dating my husband. It was really good. And the passion, he got me. It was everything I wanted. And I'm like, you know, it's... We just didn't talk about that on Total Divas and Total Bellas. Like we, that was on the top of the priority list. Can and we please that's make how we got married? That a headline. Daniel Bryan is good at sex. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Hey, that's how he got the gimmick. Okay, no. lifestyle. But, I will literally Instagram you out or tweet you if you make a headline like that because Bree never talks about Bryan in bed. Yeah, I will admit. I mean, that's you know how we were, and he was very adventurous. Ew, they had like so many sex books and toys. We were very into like the tantric were, and energy sex and weird I mean, isn't like that. that so them to make sex that oh, way? Oh, you guys, like, on our honeymoon, I don't think I've ever read, told like, anyone this. They read like 20 books. I'm yeah. like, how many different ways we used to have our, do it? There's one hole. <laughs> hey, Maybe two. Let me tell you, there's a lot of ways. We actually well, I even, understand that. This is no, TMI. Meaning 20 books? Come on. Yeah. But this is TMI and people are going to be weirded out right now, but oh, it's okay. God. Get Girl, weirded we already out. know you have a big bush, so... We're good. Okay, I don't have a big bush. And please don't make me Instagram that out because I'll get kicked <laughs> oh, off Instagram. Oh my gosh, please. <laughs> okay, Instagram really bush. quick. <laughs> I literally had an orgasm based on energy. No touching, nothing. Oh my gosh. I did. And you Brian and I read a book right now. and it I deals with breathing. Just said that. But I, I have, and it, it was actually very great. But I'm going to no, tell you- I can you, see that. That's my wet dreams at night. So. Yeah. And you know, my husband and I, when we were on our honeymoon- we met this woman and um, we wanted to do a class on tantric sex and it was really funny. But I remember we walked in there and Brian goes, wait, do we have to get butt naked? And I go, Oh my gosh, probably. And he goes, wait, we didn't talk about this. I'm like, well, just, just we'll be fine. But we didn't have to get butt oh my naked. Gosh. I wish you guys would have went went out there naked and she was like, what are you doing? Yeah. Oh my gosh. But it was a really weird, uncomfortable situation, but really quick. Let's go back to dating. Ariana, I'm going to tell you about a really effed up, date I had. I'll never forget. Um, I was, at, was like, gosh, you know, I had, I had one question for you girls, but sure. sure. <laughs> um, and I'm going to tell you, this is the first time I stood up for myself as a young woman before I was... Oh, here we go. Like I was like... Can't wait to hear. Yeah, 19. And I used a fake idea, but who cares? Still, this guy was out of line. She's I went like, on this date with this guy. You me a drink. No, I'm just no. kidding. He took me to... What was that place where like you have the meat, the Brazilian steakhouse where you put up the red oh. or the green or... What is that? Um, I forget. I, I was super remember. stoked to go though because I was like, whoa, like, I think this is big time. Like, this is nice. And I ordered a drink. Okay. I ordered another drink. And then I wanted another. And he goes, excuse me, whoa. And I was like, what? And he goes, don't you think you've had too many? And I was like, you know what? Ew. Oh, it was the first time I stood up for myself and I was like, date over. I'm like, you know what? No, I'm not going to deal with this. And he was like, well, I'm not saying you're an alcoholic. I just said it seems like a lot of drinks. And I'm like, you know what? <laughs> and I was fired up. And I think my friends were going out. So I kind of wanted to leave the date anyways. And I'm like, I'm out of here. This would be the best. She puts up the red sign. And then she goes to toss the drink in his face. She goes, oh, wait. And then you chug it. No, this like, is the best. Is then the waiter's like, Lillian, do you want another drink? Because our <laughs> fake ID. Lillian. Oh, my, our, Nicole Green and I, I shared a Lillian fake. for quite a few years. Yeah, we are Lillian for quite a few. Lillian Marciano. Yeah. it was awesome but anyways so ariana have fun dating just know who you are and let every man you go on a date with know who you are and just know if he's worth it he'll love you for all of you yes and good luck with everything all right you guys so (laughs) if anyone else wants a really long chance to hear from us give us a call at 833 q bellas
Thanks for tuning in today's podcast. Yes, thank you all so much. And huge thank you to Elise from Elkhorn Peak Cellars. Remember, everyone, join us and support us on Save the Family Farms here in Napa Valley. Yes, join us in that fight. And tweet us your questions for Bella Army Q&A with the hashtag Bella's Podcast. And call 833-Q-Bellas to ask us for on-air advice in our segment, Dear Bellas. Show us love by rating the show, leaving a review, and hitting subscribe. And we have an Instagram exclusively dedicated to the Bella's Podcast, so make sure to follow us at the Bella's Podcast. Until next week, remember to stay fearless. And you'll always go Brie mode if you drink along with us. See you next Wednesday. And as Birdie likes to say, bye-bye. Addiction plays hardball. He would hit me with these verbal attacks. I just said to him, I love you so much. You're such an amazing person. I can't take this ride anymore. It was the fact that dad made that sentiment and broke down. And years later, he told me it had a huge impact on him. Sometimes doing what's right for your loved one is the hardest thing to do. Karen is that right thing. Visit caron.org slash lost. The legends are true. But overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Donald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba-go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last.